Hey there, welcome to The Good Complex. I'm Hillary Kennedy. Uh, if you've never tuned in before, The Good Complex, we're really all about exposing the good in the world. You know, we hear a lot of negativity, a lot of uh, divisive or polarizing stories in the news or from our friends or on social media. And those challenging moments and conversations, those are important, but it's it's even more important, I think, that we recognize the good that is being done, the bridges that are being built. So that's what the show is all about. And today I'm excited to talk to our guest because she is not only putting good out there, but she's working at a place called the Local Good Center. So you know we're going to be talking about something good. So Jalisa Estrada, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Hillary. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because I think starting the, the year off, 2022, with something good is so important. And before we dive into all the good that you're doing, I would like to know a little bit of background on you because I'm a native Texan. So I would love to know, are you also a native Texan or are you from somewhere else? Yeah, well, I consider myself a native Texan. I was born in California. Um, but we got here as fast as I could. I was <laughs> two and a half years old. And so, yeah, I grew up in Dallas. Um, so, yeah, my family has lived there since I was two. That's well, that's where we call home. So, yeah. Nice. Well, and so tell me a little bit about your professional background. You know, what were your interests growing up and how did you get into your career? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be an actress. When I was like 18 years old, I was going to move to Hollywood and uh, become an actress. That was like my dream. And uh, I w- did theater throughout high school, and I loved every minute of it. And I'm so thankful that I didn't pursue that because I would probably be homeless, broke, um, <laughs> all of those things because I'm not a great actress. <laughs> I don't love being in front of camera. Um, you know, I did love the stage, you know, but more improv stuff. But, yeah, no, no. Um, I thought I was going to be an actress. Luckily, that didn't work out, and um, I got a job at my very first one of my very first jobs was like at an accounting place and then I got into accounting and then I got into like doing some marketing and then I mean I did a little bit of everything I always say I'm a jack of all trades master to absolutely nothing <laughs> uh, but I went to school to be a teacher and I um, quickly found out that that was not for me I love kids but I love when kids listen um, and so I saw a trend there of <laughs> exactly the opposite. <laughs> so, so yeah, so the, I've done a lot of things, and um, I really got to my rope by uh, volunteering. So really that's where my uh, interest in helping people sparked was just getting involved, volunteering, and doing a little thing here, a little thing there, um, and then started to just run a couple of events here and there for the church. Um, for PTA, for things like that. And I just realized like, gosh, I love helping people and I want to do more of that. And how do I do that? And I never like even knew that that was a job. Well, that does sound like it's the common thread, you know, with everything that you kind of tried your hand at and that you did is mm-hmm. that you really crave connection with people. Yeah. So then how did you end up becoming involved with the local good center? Yeah, so um, I started volunteering, and then a role came available. Actually, we changed our name. We were originally called the uh, Family Center, so um, a role became available, and I was offered this role, and I said no. I was like, no, I don't like want to work. I'm a volunteer, and I want to continue to volunteer. Um, and this was like through dinner, and my husband was sitting right next to me, and he's nudging me like, hey, hold on. They're offering you a job and money to do what you're already doing for free. <laughs> Take it. Take right. it. And I just said, well, no, as a volunteer, I can just say no whenever I want. If I work there, then I can't. Then I'm obligated to show up and do the things, you know, that I'm asked to do. 
And he's like, well, you haven't said no in like seven years. You've been doing this for a long time. You're not going to say no. You might as well take the job. And so I'm like, you're so right. <laughs> and then I said yes to this role, this job that was a part-time role, and I loved it. And oftentimes I'm like, oh, I can't believe this is my job. Like I was doing this for free, and I really enjoy it, and I love it. And now I get to um, receive some income from that. And um, just, well, and they always say, you know, the thing that you are passionate about the most that you would be willing to do for free, yeah. you should build a career around that because you already love it. But I, I do think there's always that little bit of fear that, oh my gosh, if I take a full time job doing something that I do for fun, yeah. will it still have that same? spark and appeal if I'm getting paid to do it because you're right you don't have the option to say no I don't feel like doing it today right so it's great that that worked out and you're still loving what you do and you go to work every day yeah I still love it every day and I think like the the biggest challenge was I didn't know that was a job like I don't think that when you're young it's not a career you normally explore like a nonprofit world or a serving like it's usually like marketing or a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor those kinds of are those are the options that are typically put in front of us and so I think your average teenager looking for a career path doesn't think of um, a nonprofit or serving or, you know, being in, in just kind of like the social work part. And when you do, you're hit with the real quick, like, do you know how much you're going to make doing that? <laughs> you know, as soon as you say social work or something like that. So, yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit about the local Good Center and what your role sort of entails there. Okay, so the Local Good Center, we launched in November. We were formerly the Chase, the Chase Oaks Family Center. And um, just like through COVID and pandemic, we just realized that there, there are a lot of needs out there. And um, there's wonderful groups doing wonderful things. Um, but really, we needed to have a bigger piece of the pie. You know, we really needed to own um, more projects, more opportunities, and in came the Local Good Center. And we are a space that, like, our goal is to meet some of the pressing needs in the community. And we try to look for things that um, are there gaps that people aren't doing or aren't doing or are doing differently. Um, we try never to duplicate any efforts, uh, but come along partners and do things with them. But if there's a gap, like, oh, maybe we can own this piece of that. I love that. And I, I heard you mention a couple of times the center was called formerly by another name mm -hmm. and you're going through a full rebranding tell me about that why was that why did that yeah, happen that's super exciting to me i mean it, it was just one of those things where it's like okay this is it needs to be fresh it needs to be new um and then like local good center that was one of the names that we debated with and we knew it, we wanted it to say good because it's like it's a place that does good that's here for good um and like it just felt right and the timing was right to like just refresh on what we were doing um we we're formerly called the family center so really i think that it becomes a really exclusive exclusive as in family like oh well that's for like parents or uh husband and wife and kids um so i feel like local good center is just more neutral and more open to a lot of the things that we do is, that is not just serving families so when you have a center like this Obviously, it takes a lot of funds and volunteers and things like that to keep things, to get it up and running and then yeah. also just keep things going. So where do the funds come from for the local Good Center? Well, for donors, like in, 
within the community, you know, within our church, within um, just people interested in seeing more work done of what they previously on a bigger level on a bigger base. So that's where all of our funding comes from, just individuals. So I want to dive into the meat of what you do at the local good center because there are a handful of programs that you have, some like key pillars. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what those are and who they serve, what they're about, because local good center, I know you're doing good things there, but now I want to get into the nitty gritty of what those good things are. Yeah. So we have a fantastic team and they all work really hard to, you know, have all of our programs set. And I'll say like our bread and butter originally was like education. So we started with um, citizenship and um, ESL program, and those have really taken off and we have high interest there um, in our area like we're the only program that offers free child care which is such a barrier for uh, immigrants in the community so they're immigrants coming they um, do not speak the language they probably don't know a whole lot of people in our community and they want to get connected but a lot of times they can't afford child care while they learn um, so we're in unique in the component that we have a two-gen learning system so we have we don't call it just childcare because we actually teach the kids, um, you know, so we call it two-gen learning system where we teach the kids while the parents are learning as well. And that has been just a really phenomenal program for us. And we love that. I mean, I think our favorite part is that we get to build community. We use English as a tool to get to build community because the amount of people that come here and are lonely and are isolated um, that's frightening. That's really scary. And we just see community as so important. And ESL is a tool that we use to create community. And uh, with our same thing with like your citizenship program, lots of loneliness, uh, foreigners coming to this country, and they are looking for that. And so we hope to be a place where we provide community and education. I love that. I think it's so interesting because right now, in our news and in our world and on social media, immigration is such a hot yeah. button topic. And it sounds like, I don't know, I'll, I'll get you to tell me what your thoughts are, but it sounds like what you are trying to do is sort of rising above that and just meeting the needs of people mm-hmm. where they're at. Because I think there's a lot of us, myself included, that don't realize the person next door could be a first generation immigrant. And I would never even know it because they don't speak the language. They are limited. A lot of times they don't have a car or the ability to get around the same way you and I do if they've just come here. Uh, and childcare, like you said, I mean, that's huge. It's it's hard to find anyone that you trust, even in your own community, to babysit your children. So if you don't know anyone and you're not plugged into community, that's got to be really rough. So tell me a little bit about how the Good Center handles some of those issues with, with immigration and And have you had any sort of outside chatter about that? Yeah, so our goal is to love people, love the people that are here, love the people. Like, we don't ask how they got here. We never ask about status because it doesn't change anything we do. We don't do anything differently. So if anybody walks into the door, we're like, we want to know, hey, where are you from? And it's more to celebrate where you're from. It's not, you know, for anything else other than like, oh, well, then that means you're, you speak this language or you know you're oh yeah you're from brazil you must speak portuguese yeah i do and like oh yeah so and so another one of our students also speaks portuguese so just like building that community introducing people um but yeah we we never ask what anybody's immigration status is because we again it doesn't affect the way that we serve them um but one of the things that we do see with you know again not speaking the language is that they are at such a disadvantage in being able to help their kids with homework uh a parent-teacher conference. Um, You mentioned having 
one car or not having a car well we have ladies that weren't even allowed to drive in their countries they don't even know how to drive um, so there's a lot of barriers that we don't really think about especially if we're not in relationship with foreigners and we just it, it's just a different culture well so I would love to talk to you about wellness because that is something else that you yeah. guys work on and that is so important, yeah. especially, you know, over the past two years, we've heard so much about how taking care of yourself, taking yeah. care of your body, your mind, all those things are so important to just your overall well-being. So tell me about what you do there. Yeah, that's super exciting for us, too. That's new. That's something new that we're doing. And we are thrilled to, like, have a, like, uh, holistic approach to helping people because we see people come in. They may come in for one thing, but then there's other things or like when we have ESL students and they haven't shown up for two weeks and we're like hey we give them a call what's going on oh well I'm sick oh well you know my diabetes or my blood pressure's out of control and you know we're like oh okay well we'll see you in two weeks uh, you know hope you get better <laughs> and now it's like oh okay well let's talk about nutrition are you eating the foods that you're supposed to do you know what you're supposed to be eating um well what if you stopped eating this and replaced it with it you have diabetes what if you stop eating pasta every single night and maybe replaced it with uh, spaghetti squash well do they know what spaghetti squash is and do you know how to make it taste good and do you know what it looks like actually how do you buy it at the grocery store like all these things right that come into play and so we're really excited to be able to have a pantry now that focuses on healthy food um, we have even like food for people with dietary restrictions like gluten intolerance or peanut allergies or all of the things that um, food pantries are limited on. That's where we try to come in and fill that gap. So shout out for that because mm -hmm. I have to eat gluten free and it's, mm -hmm. it's tough to find it just on a good day anywhere. So the fact that you have that, that's huge because that yeah. does make a difference in how somebody feels and in their diet. I mean, that's, that's really, that's a cool thing that you're doing because I haven't heard a very many, I don't think I've heard of any food pantry yeah. that's been doing that well we've learned too that a lot of the um like supplemental like snap program um they a lot of the gluten-free products aren't they're not eligible to be purchased so anybody who is on you know formerly known as like food stamps what we would call food stamps or just that supplemental programs um they they're it's not eligible to be, buy these products so it's like okay well i can't afford to buy gluten-free this or it is more expensive this. yes <laughs> for sure and when you look at areas like where we're at in east plano that is a food desert um, it's even more scarce, like you just can't find it. So we're really excited about our food pantry and we offer healthy foods, um, more fruits and vegetables. And we also have a full blown kitchen where we teach people how to cook because you can tell somebody to eat better all day and you can tell them what to eat. But if they don't know how to prepare the food and how to make it taste good, then like, you're not going to get anywhere for very long. So can the kids get involved with this as well? Because I feel like that the younger you can learn what foods are healthy and how to make them yourself, the, the better off you are for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So we had our first like cooking class and it was um, kids snacks. It was focused on kids snacks and how to prepare like a healthier version of a, form, a popular food. And so we plan on doing a lot more where kids can be hands-on and involved. And uh, we can walk right over to our pantry, get the food that we're talking about, bring it to the kitchen and prepare it and let people sample it and then, you know, provide access to it as well. That is well. so cool. Well, so I want to talk about job readiness because I know in you know, the past few years, 
having a good resume, I mean, there's there's been lots of opportunities for jobs, mm-hmm. especially in the last year, but having a good resume, having interviewing skills, mm-hmm. all of those things, that's still a, a key component. And it sounds like the Local Good Center helps with that as well. Yeah, so we help with that. And that's one of those areas that we try to be real strategic in, where we try to help um, our local partners, people um, in their programs find jobs. There's a lot of free resources out there that, you know, your average Joe can go Google and figure out. But we try to focus on the people that otherwise couldn't do it, you know, on their own. And so we work with a lot of partners. We work with ESL students, a lot of people in our programs already um, who just would struggle to find a job on their own and I'll give you an example like we work with let's shelters the local shelters a lot of times we have a lot of women coming out of these shelters who were stay-at-home moms in a terrible situation ended up on the street with um, like no recent work experience and they're gonna struggle finding a job they probably don't have a resume because they've been staying at home with their kids for a while Um, so we really help them like okay let's create a resume well I haven't worked in however many years no you haven't but what what have you done like you've probably volunteered somewhere or you ran your household like let's let's change the language there and um, create a resume for you Um, and let's work on some job interview skills you know when they ask you tell me about yourself they don't want to know about your divorce they don't want to know about, you know, all those kinds of things. They want to know, hey, what are some of the skills that you're bringing to the table? Um, so we just help coach people through that. So anything around jobs that where we can just come in and really support, encourage, and um, I, I say work on self-esteem. We do a lot of that, help people build some confidence. Well, before we move to talking about education, because yeah. I know you, yeah. you work on that too, it takes a lot of volunteers to run a program like this, I'm yeah. assuming. I know you're helping build confidence in so many of the people mm-hmm. that, that come to the local Good Center for that assistance, but what have you seen with the volunteers? Have you seen a change in their confidence and their abilities when they're helping run these programs? Absolutely. I mean, that's like one of my favorite parts of my job is all the people that we meet and all the people that are like, hey, I would love to volunteer, but... I don't really have any talents or I don't really I'm not a teacher or I'm not a blah 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 whatever it is right and it's so exciting to be like well we don't need you to be like we can train you we have like we we can work it out if you have the desire uh, we will find a spot for you and it might not be this but it may be that you know and so we try to offer like really unique opportunities to not just Hey, we need teachers. It's more of like, hey, we need some coaches. Oh, hey, we need some teachers. Or, hey, we need somebody to help us with hospitality. Or, um, hey, we need somebody to help us maintain some computers. And so we need somebody to help us with admin stuff. So we try to create volunteers that fill uh, opportunities that fill different skill sets and different time uh, requirements. And uh, it's really exciting to see the people uh, when they um, – are fulfilled in what they're doing and or especially like the ones that love relationship and it's like oh you love talking to people you are really good at that you should come do this and you know meet the people that we serve and then they love it that's so neat it's neat to see not only the the lives of the people who are coming for assistance see their lives change but the people who are volunteering mm-hmm. see how that changes their lives too because I feel like when we help people it it changes us as much as it changes the people we're helping right I mean yeah. so let's talk about education um, 
I know that that's one of the pillars at the local good center. So tell me what you do there. Well, that's the whole ESL and citizenship and parenting program. And, you know, we're now getting into doing some financial literacy. Um, So that program's just really expanding. We've been doing that the longest. So that one's just farther ahead than most of the others. And it's very exciting. We had like our class registration yesterday that was open to new students and we had 50 new people show up for class so that's just one of those things that we're like oh wow that that's here to stay for a long time and that need what's having so many people move into the area um, from all over the place we just see that as a big area of growth for us you not only serve people maybe who are first-generation immigrants mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like you said, maybe the stay-at-home mom that's recently mm-hmm. gotten a divorce and, and needs some help finding a new job or something like that, but you also help serve people who are looking for a second chance, who maybe um, are, have been an offender and are looking to have something expunged from their record. I think this is so unique. I would love for you to talk about what you're doing to help that particular group of people. Yeah, so that's a really um, just great program that we've been fortunate enough to get involved with we of course believe in second chances third chances more than that right (laughs) Uh, but yeah this program is designed for uh, first-time offenders who are like non-violent non-sex offenses and we really don't want them to because of this mistake that they've made usually 18 to 25 year olds ish right Uh, to have the rest of their life affected by that and you know every time you go apply for a job they run a background check you go volunteer somewhere they run a background check you are going to be a volunteer coach for your kids little league whatever it is they run a background check so this just having a record any kind of record you know can really just deter just i it's just be a big roadblock in the things that we're able to do in the future and so this program is just like a small portion of the expungement requirements to have their records completely expunged and like it never happened. Um, we see all kinds of offenses. A lot of it is like a theft or um, drug possession, um, just those kinds of things. And um, we're just thankful to be part of that story of being able to give people second chances. That's huge because, you know, uh, we've all made some really, really dumb mistakes. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, a mistake like that could not only affect that individual's life and their opportunities for finding a good job or being able to volunteer with their, their child's, you know, little league team or whatever it is, but also the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. I mean, sometimes just that, that one mistake, if, if you don't do something to correct it, mm-hmm. it can really affect your entire family for generations to come. So I, I love that you're part of something that helps give them that opportunity to have that second or third chance. Mm-hmm. Generational poverty is like a real thing, you know, and it's one of the things like when we look at our programs, we always try to think what's sustainable what can we do? We don't want to be a like just you meet the need one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think about our programs as sustainable as how can we keep doing this and how can this make a long-term change and effect in a family. Uh, so that's why we have jobs, education, wellness, those things that are here that are here to last. You know, it's not just a one-time need. Oh, let's give somebody a gift card and help them out with gas. Like. $25 gift card. It's one. It's great. It's needed. I understand that. But we're really focused on long-term needs. And uh, our fourth pillar is advocacy. And I, I love 
that whole area that we serve because we, it, it has a lot to do with foster kids and foster families. And so people have made a decision to like, hey, I want to do something about the situation with all of the kids in foster care who need a place to stay. Um, and we just come around those families and support them and we love them and we are like learning new ways of getting involved and um, just getting people educated on what the needs are there and how they can be a part of that solution and just it's, it's just a fun and exciting opportunity. So since you've been involved in this role for a while now I'm sure you've seen some really beautiful stories come out of the work that you do there. Could you share maybe a, a success story or two that's come out of some of those pillars that you really focus on there, like advocacy. Yeah, so advocacy, that's pretty new for us, but I can definitely share some stories that I've seen come out of like our, our ESL program, because mm-hmm. like I said, that's the one that we've been doing the longest, but we have had people come through the program and they're like, hey, somebody told me about this class, you know, that you guys have, and can I come, and how do I sign up? And um, sure, absolutely, you know, and I've seen some really beautiful stories of community where people have met their best friends, like they've become friends. And it's it's been really amazing to see like a person from um, like Persians, like from Iran, uh, hanging out with people from Iraq, you know, so those are two countries that don't tend to be, you know, super tight and friendly. And we've seen relationships built in our community center you know between those families and they hang out outside of our class and they become friends and then they become each other's support system here and we didn't like that was organic right like that wasn't originally our goal our goal was like oh yeah they need to learn English let's have an English class but out of that these like beautiful relationships form and it's amazing like we couldn't produce that so it's really exciting to see those kinds of things happen on their own. It's got to be a good feeling. And it's got to be good when you see people implementing some of the things that you're teaching there, like with wellness, where you're teaching them, here's how to make healthy snacks for your kids. It's a couple of just very simple swaps that you can make with, with what they're eating. That's got to be nice. Or, or the parenting classes where you mm-hmm. see them really implementing the things that you're teaching and seeing it make their lives a little bit easier when life is already so tough. Yeah. I have to tell you, one of my favorite stories um, are just from some students that we've had that came level one like entry level basic English skills like my name is so and so Um, and they went through our program and we have five levels so we have different levels and um, two of these ladies graduated from these programs meaning we've taught them all we could so we're like okay they are ready for employment or college or whatever their next step is like we've done everything we can and um, both of those ladies, we've offered them the opportunity to come and serve because they're like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready for, I don't really want to go to college. And, um, you know, I have little kids at home, so I don't want to work. And so we're like, okay, so why don't you come and be on our leadership team and volunteer in the program that you started at? And so both of those ladies became coordinators for us. And it's just amazing. Like they started as students and they worked their way through each level and then they're, they're done. They graduated and they came back to serve and, you know, still serving till this day. That's incredible for it to come full circle mm-hmm. like that. And it's got to also really be amazing to see someone who's been through the program and benefited from it be able to relate to people that are coming in in a way that someone else maybe couldn't. Absolutely. It's so fun. It's so fun to see that. So one thing that I'm definitely guilty of 
but also drives me a little nuts is I see on social media all the time where people are voicing their opinions about the fact that we need more programs like this. You know, we need, whether it's help for you know, people who are first-generation immigrants or we need programs teaching people how to take better care of their bodies or their children or whatever it is. Because I think we can all agree it's great to have these programs. But saying, hey, we need this, that's nice, but it's it's not really enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself where I'm, I'm advocating for something but not necessarily putting action behind it. Mm-hmm. How do you or how can we motivate ourselves and those around us to be a part of the change that we do want to see? Well, I think there's multiple ways, um, but also like oftentimes you just really have to evaluate, self-evaluate. And there's a season for everything, right? Um, There's a season for actually being involved and being, you know, hands on. I'm going to physically go to the space and volunteer my time. Um, but it's just, it takes all of us, right? It takes a village. And so we always need people to, you know, share what we're doing. Like, aware, like social media, uh, something as easy as a share. Oh, look what they're doing. Let me share this on my page. Oh, let me tell a friend. Oh, a neighbor. I met a neighbor who might need some of these services. So word of mouth, sharing, referral, awareness, all of those things. It seems like nothing, but it's huge and it's important. And most people um, love a personal referral. I mean, I know when I'm doing something at my house, I'm like, I would love to know if anybody has a contractor. You know, like somebody who I trust that can refer or, you know, just introduce me to somebody. It, It just makes things easier for me to commit to so I think awareness is a huge part and volunteering I mean if you have the time and if it's the right season man we'd love to have you um funding I mean that's another thing it's like people may not have the time but they want to give and you know we need that too so there there's just different ways to be involved and I think just being honest with what season am I in um, is is probably key because a lot of our stuff a lot of our programs do require commitments and people have the best desires but if it's not the right season that's okay like we can do something different or um maybe there's a different way you can get involved or maybe there's something that you can help us with and on the back end of stuff or uh, maybe you're really good at programming and hey we need we need some you know programs written for us or you know there's so there's just a lot of ways to think about things differently but being honest as in what can I really do right now um I think is a good first step I love that answer because I feel like so often, like you said, the desire is there, but we either overcommit, Mm -hmm. get in over our heads, or we feel guilty because we're not doing enough. But I love that because you're right. Like if there's something that we do want to be involved in, like if we were volunteering or wanting to volunteer at the local good center, what time do you have available? What could, could you maybe write something instead of spending all day Saturday? You know, if you don't have that time, maybe spend time on your own time doing something that you do need. That's such a great way to look at it because I think everybody wants to do something good, feel like they're putting something out there that could create a legacy, but we don't always feel like we have the time, money, resources, whatever to do it all. And I love that you're saying we don't have to do it all. Just little, just little steps are are okay. Yeah. I mean, I think they're the the best steps, you know, because then you can be committed to something and you're not overcommitted. And so it's a joy to do it because you're like, okay, this is realistic for me to do. I oftentimes have people call me and say, Hey, I'm retiring. Um, I'm going to come see you like the week after I retire. And I'm like, 
yeah, don't come see me the week after you retire. <laughs> I want to have you and I'd love to get you plugged in. But um, call me like six months after you retire, after you clean out every junk drawer that, you know, everything, because you have this big list of to-do things you want to do when you retire. Um, so it's like, do all those things first and then call. And then we can get you plugged in somewhere. And then it's going to be like, you're going to enjoy being there. You're going to want to be there. And it's not going to be a burden like, oh, gosh, I committed to this. And now I have to do this. So I just think being honest with like, what, where do I really, you know, what do I really have the capacity for and the desire? And it's just different for everyone at different stages of life. And that is okay. That is such great advice. I I had a friend that used to call and check on people if they didn't show up. Like maybe there was an ESL mm-hmm. class or something and they didn't show up. And her volunteer hour was to make phone calls for one hour a week and just check on people and see how they were doing. And it was such a small thing, but it made a big impact. People felt valued and appreciated and cared for. And it was, you know, one hour a week. And mm-hmm. I thought she was smart to do that because it was, it was doable. It was manageable. And she could do it with joy because like you're saying if we overcommit then you it is a burden and you don't you don't serve with joy Mm -hmm. well so what would you say the next year is going to look like for the local good center because it sounds like everything's ramping up yeah so that's the most exciting yet nerve-wracking part right (laughs) of all of it (laughs) um so we hope to just be running programs and trying new things like i uh our whole team like we we're we're launching a, a brand new thing for us and we want to take risk and we want to do things different and we want to do things that are new um, and but that are needed right so it's we've spent lots of time doing research of what are the needs well who's doing what and so where do we come in and so um, all of these planning that we've been doing for the last you know 12 months is finally here and it's like coming to play so we're we're ready to go and we're, we're just hoping that everything we do that people feel loved when they come to our center like that's one of our main goals is that people feel cared for and important and that their story matters because everybody has a story and um like we can't be everything to everyone and we know that but like these four pillars that we have we feel like these are really good tracks to run on these are really you know um specific things needs that we're meeting and we just hope that the people that we're serving um just feel loved and feel connected and just have a great experience and can just you know have some growth you know personal growth and um come full circle and (laughs) volunteer at the end right (laughs) Right. like graduate out of one of our programs and love it so much that they want to come back well it sounds like you have set such an amazing foundation at the local good center and I'm sure a lot of people listening and watching want to know how they can help how they can get involved what, what would you recommend well it's uh, again going back to where are you you know or do you have the time sometimes people think well I don't really have a skill I'm just in marketing all day I'm like oh well we can probably give you some coaching on our marketing end you know what I mean so there's there's just a lot of things that people can do if they have the time the desire you know give us a shout go on our website um we have a little volunteer interest form they can fill out and if you don't know what you want to do click other that's okay you'll get a phone call from one of us and we're like hey so a lot of times it depends on their availability what they can do um but yeah reach out we'd love to try to get you connected here and if it's not at local good we can probably refer you somewhere else you know so we just want people serving because you know that's where growth happens and um we'll find something 
I want to know for you personally, what has it meant to you to be involved in something like this? Oh, it's amazing. I, it's humbling. It's um, sometimes I'm thinking like, why would they put me in charge? What were they thinking? You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't really know about this, but it's just a great uh, every day I wake. I mean, I'm going to say 99.9% of the time I wake up and I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is my job. This is exciting. And um, I hope that um, what I'm doing is honoring, you know, to all of the donors, all of the people involved, all of the families walking through the door. Um, you know, I always try to think of like, okay, how am I using this time? How, what are we doing here? Um, how does this benefit the community? And I was just self-reflect all the time and think about, okay, what, what's the best thing to do? Not the easiest, but what is the safest? What is the best? What is the most effective thing to do here? Uh, but it's just, it's exciting to think about um, the freedom that comes with this work as in, wow, we get to go out, our team gets to go out and explore and assess needs and then create opportunities around those needs. Like that, that's a, a huge blessing. Well, the work that you're doing is incredible. And I, I know that it will inspire other people to look for those opportunities. And just even if it's the smallest thing, it can make the biggest impact. So I love that you've been able to share today what you do, what the plan is moving forward. And I hope everyone listening and watching wants to get involved in some way, whether it's with the local Good Center or in their own community, just doing a part because we we do want to see good happening in our neighborhoods and we we all have the power to make it happen so i love that you're just reinforcing that today and telling us get out there make it happen and it'll make a difference yeah for sure and you know it's not a um staff only type of job it's a job that requires all, all hands on deck you know right like all of the community to get involved and make a difference and we can do it together Jalisa Estrada, thank you so much for taking time today to talk to me about what you do at the local Good Center. I can't wait to come and check it out. I want to go see what yeah. you're doing there, so I'm going to have to come by and, and maybe volunteer, but yeah. I will certainly look and see what I can commit to with joy. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Hillary, for having me. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for tuning in to The Good Complex. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Until the next episode, make sure and go out there and make it good.